0: The Miami Voice is not a ministry of Calvary Chapel, North Miami, and the views from guests on the show may not necessarily align with my personal views or the biblical lifestyle views of Calvary Chapel, North Miami and Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. What's going on, family? Pastor Darren here. I'm so glad you're joining us with the Miami Voice. The Miami Voice seeks to raise the volume of unfiltered truth regarding our community for the sake of greater unity. We aim to remove and eradicate the hype and often sensationalized media stories to capture real raw content from real people that reside in our community of Miami Gardens. We'll discuss pressing issues such as racism, black on black crime, gun violence, what can the church do? What has the church already done? And possibly has the church failed? And so join us as we engage the community. Just a simple local pastor reaching from the church into the heart of the streets to hear real and raw content. We believe we can be the change we want to see, but it starts with the real truth. Hope you enjoy. I love you. Jesus loves you so much more. All right, welcome to the Miami Voice. We are back. We've uh, just had an amazing session on episode two, uh, where we were out at the Prayer in Action Rally uh, as we just got some voices from indigenous individuals uh, down in Miami. And of course, we're trying to raise uh, the voice in the community from indigenous folks that live in the community for the sake of greater unity uh, here in Miami Dade, but more in particular, Miami Gardens. And I am blessed, I'm excited uh, to have none other than, I think she is the voice of Miami Gardens, uh, but she would she would say, stop doing that. You don't have to big up me, Darren, but she's my little sis and I love her. Uh, I, I consider her a major voice and influencer uh, amongst the uh, millennials. Uh, and so I'm gonna introduce uh, to some Uh, But to reintroduce to many, uh, you all may know her already anyhow, uh, but she goes by the name of Janae Tate. Janae, what's going on, young lady? Hey,
1: I'm like, I'm like, who are you talking about? Who is this (laughs)
0: person? Who am I introducing? Oh my God, is that me? (laughs) You you know who you are. You know who you are. But for the sake of the listening audience, uh, just kind of give a give a. A recap or just debrief for me, like what is going on in your life? What do you have going on right now? A couple of things uh, that you want us to know about, uh, and then at the end, I'm going to ask you uh, how that the viewers or I'm sorry, the the, the listeners can. Follow you, get in contact with you, support you because you got a lot of great work happening. And again, I I do believe in you. I believe in what you're doing, and I, I believe that you are a voice uh, that needs to be heard as we're raising the volume uh, of voices from indigenous people such as yourself in the community. So tell us quickly, uh, what are a couple things you got going on? What you working on big, girl?
1: Um, right now it's all about raising um, consciousness and information about um, the elections that's going on uh, for 2020 elections but more specifically local elections in the urban core um, and, and black candidates that are running for offices south florida so i'm in the process of raising money to um, help me expand my team and promo for that to make sure that people um, can have access and know that i'm creating this um, election guide so to speak so you know who's running for what office what that office does and how you can connect with them. Um, And hopefully depending on how much money we raise, we can actually go into some more deeper investigative work, um, doing more interviews and and digging into some issues uh, within those cities um, in the urban core. And then I'm also just, I just started um, another series for black businesses, black owned businesses in South Florida. And I'm gonna be doing Mm -hmm. a couple of different lists right now. I'm working on um, beauty brands in South Florida. So um, I have a writer I just, you know, my first freelancer, that was really cool to hire somebody to, to write for me. So we're going to be working on that series of different lists of Black-owned businesses, type of businesses that we can support and know where they are and how to connect with them.
0: You, you see why I feel like this is going to be my favorite interview of all times? I mean, we're we we did, we're not just interviewing just like regular, regular people. Like, this, she's somebody, y'all. <laughs>
1: Man, you are too much. You too much. I'm like, who is he talking about? You know, I, I, and I'm so grateful that you thought and considered me Aww. to do this. You know, I've been a journalist and worked in media for the last ten years in the South Florida market. It's a little weird when people ask me for interviews. I'm like, <laughs> what? So when you ask me, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> right. I'm used to telling the story and, and doing the interview, but you know, for you, uh, you know. You asked me, I'm there. I'm gonna try uh, to do what I can to support you because I, I love what
0: you're doing. Oh, uh, I appreciate it, sis. Well, we're, so we're flipping the script. So now you're on the other side of the spectrum. This might be aw- yes. this might be awkward. No, I think it's gonna be good. <laughs> all right. So you all heard it. My sister is working on some big things. Um, and so we're, again, we're gonna make sure that there's an opportunity at the end where. Um, you'll be able to let them know how to follow you on social media. Uh, and then we'll put that up too as well. Uh, and I'll make sure I spell your name right. Um, so that they know who you is uh, and where you from. Um, but anyhow, that was my trick daddy. Um, so real quick, I want to do a fun exercise to break the ice. All right. Now, again, this is all off the cuff that I'm shooting from the hip. Um, I did not give Janae any of the questions. And so what you hear from her is her heart of hearts when it comes to uh, Miami gardens. But this is the, uh, this is the quick icebreaker. I'm just gonna say a word or a phrase um, and you're gonna give me in one word what comes to your mind from your heart immediately. Just just blurt it out. And again, this is just uncensored. This will not be okay. edited. Uh, and so uh, I just want what's really happening in Janae's heart when you hear these phrases. All right, so you ready?
1: Okay, let's do
0: it. You've been warned. Okay, here we go. First one, Miami Gardens.
1: Home.
0: Love it. Mayor Gilbert. Smart. Murder gardens.
1: Stereotype.
0: Mm. Black lives matter.
1: Always.
0: I agree. Racism
1: needs to end. <laughs>
0: Love it. Gun violence.
1: Ah, uh, heartbreaking.
0: Mm. The local church
1: is needed but is problematic.
0: <laughs> mm. See, this is why this is going to be my favorite interview. Janae Tate.
1: Learning. Janae Tate is learning.
0: Miami voice. Fresh. All right. <laughs> Good job. Was I
1: supposed to get phrases or explanations? Or- no, no,
0: you did it exactly the way. Like that was a really, really well done exercise. You, you gave exactly what I wanted, uh, and so just one simple phrase. What your, what your thoughts were. So I love that. All right, real quick, I uh, want to dive into the questions and again give us just your raw thoughts. Um, one of the, one of the things that we talked about in the last time you and I met. Uh, And I did record it for our church leaders because I want us as a brand new church in the community to understand the heart of the community, what's happening uh, within the community and how we as a church can move from being problematic um, to actually productive. Uh, And so that's where we are in the grand scheme of it. And that's why we're here. So. One of the things I asked you, and I loved the answer that you gave, was why do you love Miami Gardens? And so kind of if you share with those that are listening into the Miami Voice, why do you love Miami Gardens?
1: Um, As I said earlier, Miami Gardens is is my hometown. That is, that's where I grew up. That's where I was raised. That's where I went to school. That's where I shop. That's where I go for my entertainment, for my food, to to see people that I know and love as it will always have a special place in my heart. I've seen it grow from Carroll City and New Orleans area, Baja, to now be incorporated as a city and to see its growth, Um, it's really been cool. And I kind of like almost played it to my own growth as as a a adult, as a person, like to see the trials and tribulations, to see what his mission is, is and what his goals are to be a great city um and so i just believe in miami gardens and i I love what the leaders are trying to do whether they get it right all the time like i feel like the people who incorporated the city and people who are leading the city now have the best intentions to make it a great place and to show people that black people have dignity, and, and and we have commerce, and we and we're a loving community, and we care about each other. Um, and it, and it's a place that you could come and, 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 and you know, for the most part, feel safe and feel love and feel that camaraderie. And I really, really love Miami Gardens for that that environment and that culture that it that is fostered.
0: That's good. That's good. So, would you say that you're a hundred percent behind the leadership, the current leadership administration? under obviously, you know, Mayor Oliver Gilbert and uh now obviously August is coming. August eighteen will be here before you know it. And and again you're doing an amazing job really getting out there and helping voters make an informed decision. A lot of times we get caught up in identity politics and so forth. And this is not mm-hmm. a political segment, but because of the work that you're doing, I want to recognize that. Uh, where where, where would you say you stand as relates to uh, the current administration? Uh, and we know that there's a, a tight ran race with a, a young lady who's very well known, who's coming up. Um, where do you stand uh, with that? Specifically, I'll tell you what, if I can add this caveat, in light of everything that has happened with Uh, The racial tensions The civil unrest Um, Trayvon Martin Has a mother And uh, she is an indigenous Miami Gardens uh, Homebred, homegrown uh, Amazing woman who's done an amazing Job uh, at raising the volume um, For other mothers That have dealt with the same heartbreak So what do you think that's going to look like In August man
1: (laughs) Um so that race you're talking about is the Miami-Dade County Commission race, uh, seat one, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's going to be an interesting race. I think it's going to be close. My money and my endorsement, my personal endorsement, is is for Oliver Gilbert, um, and that'll be what we will release in Hilo News. Although Hilo News is going to present both candidates and what they do, so I always I. I have to, you know, stress the fact and it's a really weird place to be in as a journalist, but a publisher as well. I have my personal views and who I endorse and what those are. Those are separate from what Hilo News is and what we represent. So I, I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm gonna be um, biased with my reporting and, and who I present in my publication. I'm definitely gonna let everybody know what people stand for, who they are, whether I support them or not. Now, my personal endorsement is that that's mine, that belongs to me and I'm entitled to that. And for me, um, you're right, Sabrina Fulton has been the mother of the Black Lives Matter movement. She has been um, a great representative of what it's like to to have dignity in, in the face of such a tragic moment. And I always respect her for that. Me personally, I don't think she's qualified or have the experience to be a district one as a county commissioner, I feel like it was almost a little bit arrogant and um, and and haughty to just jump out for a seat that that important without any ex- um, political experience, and I feel that yeah. um, I would have loved for her to start at the state level maybe as a state representative to get her feet wet, to get that experience. But also, too, a lot of the issues that she advocates for are at the state level. So stuff with staying your ground and and things like that, that's a state um, issue. So it was kind of interesting that she decided to work and go after the seat on the county level. And... um, I just saw a, a, a article that said that she raised about three hundred thousand, and Oliver Gilbert raised about four hundred thousand dollars. And that kind of like gives you the gauge sometimes on like where people are, who will win, depending on who 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 uh, fundraises as much money. Um, and Sabrina, she she's she got Hillary Clinton's endorsement. I mean, side out of that, we all knocked really Hillary. But um, she has some celebrity backers. But Oliver Gilbert also has. A lot of support from the community. He also, He's also homegrown as well. So they both have that going for them. They're both from Miami Gardens. I just feel that Oliver Gilbert has a proven track record of him improving a city that we all can drive down 27th Avenue and see the progress that he's made. We He's smart. Whether people like him or not, I get that a lot. People like, well, he may be, he's a little bit of an a-hole or maybe he's a flip-mouth. All that aside... I'd rather deal with a person like that who who still is approachable. I will give him that. Whether you like him on every issue or how he approaches every situation, you can always come to him and have a conversation with him. I never take that for him and he's smart. He gets it, he understands how the county is run. He understands how the state runs, the federal government runs, how local government is run. And you want somebody like that, in elected office. And and I feel like so many times as the black voter, we go with the name base, the person that makes us feel good. And we got to out of that. We got to get a little bit more educated when it comes to our vote. And it's not just all about name recognition. Like you really want somebody to go and sit on the dais, sit in that room and advocate on your behalf and demand that you get what you deserve in your community. And a lot of times we vote people in because they make us feel good. And we like, you know, these this celebrity type of thing, but politics is very interesting and you you want that person to be educated and informed if they're going to make those very serious di- decisions that direct you almost immediately. You want that person to know what they're doing and I feel like we got to kind of step away from that celebrity, you know, popularity thing. We got to have somebody in there who knows what they're doing. And for me, Sabrina Fulton is not that person. The Miami Gardens mayor mayoral race is still... I'm, I was really upset to see Oscar Reina drop out of that race. Um, I thought he would have been the best person for the job coming in. I know that Lisa Davis and Rodney Harris, who are, um, I think Rodney Harris is a sitting count, uh, Miami Gardens council member, and Lisa Davis is a former uh, vice mayor and councilwoman for Miami Gardens. They're the two uh, bigger names running. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Rodney a little bit more than Lisa, but they're both cool with me, and that was that's going to be a race But I feel like that person that takes that that leadership role next needs to really continue on the legacy that Shirley Gibson and Oliver Gilbert started uh, for Miami Arden.
0: Wow, you just educated a whole bunch of people that's getting ready to listen right now, myself included. I really appreciate it. And you know what I love is the the honest disclaimer that you gave out front. And I have to live by those, those same regulations. Like as a pastor, uh, I have my own personal thoughts and there's things that I'm doing in ministry that do not thread or coexist with Calvary Chapel, North Miami or the larger movement of Calvary Chapel. Uh, and that's okay. Um, there has to sometimes be a delineation. Um, and so yeah. I, love, I love the way you think organizationally, you respect uh, the movement uh, of high, low, but at the same time, you're an individual who's got your own personal uh, emotions and feelings towards certain things. So that just uh, speaks to the wisdom that you have, uh, Janae. So thank you for the insights. I I would agree with you. I think that um, most often and sadly we can get caught up in a moment uh, and emotions can uh, envelop our hearts. And and so you see someone like Sabrina Fulton who obviously can capitalize on the moment, particularly what's been going on right now. Uh, And I think, it's just my opinion that may have been what has elevated a lot of the support uh, and even the funds. I just saw the same article that you read uh, comparing the funds and so forth. And that, that actually drove the question that I asked because I read the same article. I think it just, did it come out today? I don't know. Um, But we both read it around probably the same time. So that's, that's where that question came from. But you just, uh, you, you you dropped bars on that one. So uh, hopefully the listeners would be uh, able to make an informed decision um, that, we understand who is in the office based on their qualifications and not our emotions will directly impact us today. Um, if I can just summarize everything you just said, I think that's, yeah. 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 I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Um, let me, let me get to the next question. Cause I promised we would try to get this done in under 30 minutes and I think I got 15 more minutes, but it's getting good. <laughs> My gosh, I'm telling you you know, I, let me let me stop okay so um (laughs) do do we um as miami gardens residents do we as indigenous people of miami gardens who love the city um do we do enough or have we done enough um or maybe there's not an issue so speaking to this as a whole have we been proactive enough to circumvent safeguard us or eliminate the issue of racism that we see happening um, in the city, outside the city? Uh, We can't, obviously we have a concern about the nation, but right now we're dealing home, this home team. So uh, is there an issue? Have we seen an issue? Um, And if there is, have we done enough uh, to try to bring about change? Um, I think that
1: Martin Gardens has made some really, really great strides and dealing with racism and discrimination when it comes to the city itself. Um, and so, for example, we, a lot of us saw that um, stop and frisk type of situation that was happening at the corner store in Lake Lucerne, off of like 207th Street, right there where, where Trick Daddy's new restaurant mm-hmm. is, a Sunday's Eatery. it was happening in that area. And um, the issue that Miami Artists had with, with their course. Um, at first where it was a lot of white and Hispanic, um, police officers, people, cops who weren't from the community, who didn't understand it, who didn't want to understand it. And they were, you know, racial profiling people and harassing, uh, cops and just being overly policing, um, situations. And, and, and Mine Gardens police had a stigma in the inception of their police department with having those type of problems and what you saw under leadership of, um, I think Oliver Gilbert started the 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 initiative to make sure that he hired more police officers from the community, which in increased the number of black officers that were on the force. He made sure that they um, with community police, that they would ride their bikes in the community, that they would um, have different um, touch points with the community, so you knew who your beat um, officer was, and that you had like a, a relationship with them. They they were really big with National Night Out where police go into the community and they meet the residents. And so I saw Miami Gardens make the effort to not have the city um, have police officers who were overly policing and, and doing uh, racist or discriminatory things to the residents there or people who, who are driving through the city. Um, and then also I saw on a business level, that the city was really in, in, intentional about making sure their contractors dealt uh, with diversity in a fair way, that if they didn't have you know, black people working with them, then they wouldn't do business with them. I can't remember what bank it was or what organization it was, but I think they told the mayor and the city council that they didn't have to tell them about the diversity of their board And they were like, you know what, we don't have to do business with you. And it's things like that. that I think the importance of government, people don't realize that power that they have, that they can, you know, control certain situations and and demand certain things from um, organizations and businesses or brands that they work with, and they they can enforce diversity. And if they don't, they can take their business away from them. And that's a powerful thing um, and a great statement that I think – that Miami gardens has done to make sure that, um, racism and, and, and discriminatory actions aren't taking place in a city. Like what they can do in their power, they, they make sure that they address it and, um, you know, correct it with the right action. So I, I don't think personally, because it's a predominantly black city, um, like 80% black and probably like 20% Hispanic. Um, you, you don't have those like overt racist, um, right, right. situations. Um, so, it may be more of a class issue in yeah. Miami gardens versus race, but if for things that are systematic, you definitely seen the city make strides to, to address it.
0: Oh yeah. I was thinking the same thing. You know, we are the largest, I believe the largest and correct me if I'm wrong, Janae. the largest black city in, in the, uh, in the state. Is that is one that of accurate?
1: the, yeah, one of the largest, cause I'm not sure if Jacksonville beats us, but I think we are one of the largest, if not the largest city, um, in the in the state, and I know one of the largest in
0: the country. Right, right. Okay, okay. Let me ask this question, uh, and this is this is for me, so that I can uh, be more productive and effective as a pastor. One of the things that, uh, as a church, we're we're thinking about doing, though the Miami Voice is completely separate from what I'm doing at the church. There are things that I want to bridge, uh, and so um, we we're thinking about creating or maybe hosting some type of community charrette with the law enforcement officials of the community and just indigenous folk where they can come to our, our building. We can sit about 250 people in here um, and put some of these officials on the stage uh, and just let them hash it out and just talk through some of these matters. Now, uh, I don't know that I would be the guy uh, to host it. I might have to reach out to somebody like Janae uh, to, uh, to facilitate that. We'll pay you, we'll pay you. But, um, <laughs> but do you, do you, do you feel like, like that would be, I mean, cause I love what you just said, where the policing is becoming more, um, how can I say, user friendly, so to speak? Like they're creating more equity in the in, in the neighborhood. Like when you when you're riding through on bicycles and you're really, like, I want to try to get stuff that that's going viral, like videos, like of Miami Gardens police giving out backpacks to students for kids and playing basketball, having a basketball tournament. Like we don't see those things viral. We see all the negative energy and all the 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 violence. Uh, and so if we can create some better bridges, and one of the things I think is just to have conversations. So do you think, and again, you're my sister, so you just be like, Darren, that's stupid, um, don't do it. Or you can say, Darren, I- I'm behind you. Um, do you think a community charrette would be something that we should try to strive toward maybe once or twice a year where we can get everybody together and just talk? Uh, I think
1: that's an excellent idea. Um, I-, I think that's an excellent idea. I don't think that um, having a conversation would be harmful. And I also like the idea that it's not in a controlled space where, you know, government or the police department is, is is leading it. So it allows a little bit more transparency and honesty and realness to happen where people feel comfortable talking. And I think that it, it just helps further the relationship with the police and the community. And I think they would be open to it. Um, I think people in Miami gardens, the the, the police, I think they, they they welcome those those conversations and I also think with with the climate right now with police it definitely wouldn't hurt I think it will reassure residents that hey not all cops are bad um, let them hear a narrative of, of, of cops from their own words that they um, that they don't stand for stuff that happened to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Tamara Aubrey and so many countless others and and they can speak directly to the residents about um, initiatives or precautions or training that they, that are taking place in Miami Gardens that will help prevent situations like that. And I, I think it, it definitely could be a needed conversation. I think it could be done in a way that's fun and honest and real and allow both parties to, to be honest and have an open, safe space to speak. So I don't think that's a bad idea at all. So see, there's, I think honestly, we need more of that.
0: There's a benefit then to having Janae as a little sister because that's gonna be our next project that we work on then together. Uh, I'm gonna to see if you can get. I'm gonna see if you can get all of Miami Gardens to show up and fill this place up. Uh, and I'll, I'll work on the law enforcement side. You know, I use some of my uh, credibility from law enforcement. And uh, I think we need to get the conversation going. I don't know. I don't know. And this could be presumptuous of me, uh, but I know you won't judge me. But I don't know that there's any other church that has done that yet, or in the recent history maybe in the past um but if there has i think it could be more uh and again the uncontrolled environment where it's just real and raw and if somebody like Je- uh janae is hosting it's definitely gonna be real so yeah <laughs> you see i keep on <laughs> i keep on recruiting you low-key right i know i'm like you
1: gonna have me working and doing all type of stuff i'll be taking offers and, and leading
0: the praise <laughs> <team> <laughs> well you know remember to you're gonna do the dance right the praise dance I'm gonna do the praise. You are You gonna come in and, and lead our our uh, our arts ministry at Calvary Chapel North. Miami.
1: Oh my gosh! Nobody wants that. Nobody wants my <laughs> rhythm nation up there. That
0: Facebook post was fire. You gotta give yourself more credit. <laughs> that that was the most satirical. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Oh man. I love this. I love this. This is fun. All right. A little bit more serious matter. And I saw you weigh in on this big time. Um, and I was with you, I was behind you, uh, on what you said. Um, oftentimes when we have matters where there's police brutality, civil unrest, uh, racial injustice, there is a, uh, a heightened sense to weigh in with another issue, um, that we all know is the elephant in the room, but it's not the timing, and it could be a deflector. So the, the black on black crime issue. Um, <laughs> again, I'm with you. I, so this whole podcast was created just to at least bring some balance to all of that. Like, hey, we're just going to talk about it all. Um, but by all means, like in the in the opening episode, I made sure I clearly defined this is not a deflector. So when I talk black on black crime, gun violence, it's not to deflect absolutely at all what the key uh hot topic issues are right now and so what are, what are your thoughts as relates to the issue of black and black crime gun violence um and also the deflection that it could be from of course the issue at hand um
1: it it is definitely that to me and i also just want to pose it to those families um who, who lost someone to gun violence, which is almost weird because so many people have, like I'm somebody who has lost somebody and to gun And we're sensitive to that.
0: We we absolutely, uh, we're yeah. heartbroken. We lament, we feel that pain. So we're not saying it's not the time. We're not saying that we're just completely um, pushing you off to the side, but we're bringing awareness to the fact that it could be a deflection. It's like, it's almost like this. Black lives matter. Well, all lives matter. You get you know, you know what I mean? It is.
1: It really is, and they and they don't they don't feel like that because they're they're really um they're really emotional about it, and I get it. It's, it's a very sensitive thing, um, and so I get that. I just I just put it back on them. I'm like, if you're when you're advocating for um anti gun violence laws and you want justice for your loved one who was lost, and then somebody said, "Well, we do What about cops that kill black people?" Like, you would not want that interjected in your campaign, in your promotion, in your, what you know, appeal to people to support what you're doing. Right. And so I see it the same way. And to me, I just plainly put it, I was like, right now, in that moment of George Floyd, it wasn't the time for that. That wasn't that conversation. It was this time for us to focus on this theme because we were getting momentum with this theme. We're not saying what you're doing is not important, what you're advocating for is not important, or that you can't advocate for. But to pin them both together is problematic to me, and it's a deflection, and it takes away from the common goal of what we're trying to accomplish with um, this matter right now, which is you know police brutality and racism in this country. And then I also challenge them and say, you know, gun violence in our community is a direct result of systematic racism. So also, us tackling that will, in return, combat and improve. Black on black crime and racism and poverty that we see in um in our communities. So in on one hand it really does benefit us to focus on this because one hand you know helps the other. Um and I just feel like it, it's a just it just seems like a unnecessary divisive you know conversation to have when we're we're you know we're focusing on this right now. And I'm sorry that you don't get as much support when you're rallying and trying to figure out who murdered your. Your 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 loved one. Um, I can't. I'm not. The, I can't fix that.
0: Right. I know.
1: I support it. I know. I'm always there reposting and, and doing what I can and covering it. But you can't. You know, beat up the whole world because they're choosing to focus on this and not your issue. Like I like nobody. None of us can control that. Like I. And I'm sorry, but don't don't attack us for also wanting to support this too. And it almost seems like. Oh well, why are you supporting this? You, my child was murdered, or my cousin, or my—you know, whoever was murdered. Why weren't you guys there for that? And I'm like, I was there. You need to have that conversation with somebody else. I'm not the one
0: for it. Right. I like that response. Now, we're 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 drawing close to our time, but I I have to ask a couple more questions. So, man, this I'm telling you, see, I knew this wasn't going to work. Thirty minutes with <laughs> no, it wasn't going to work. Um, so like, here's where I stand. And I want to kind of throw this disclaimer out there before I wrestle with this question with you. So I believe emphatically as a church um, and we've made it clear uh, that black lives matter. You know, I I I I have said that, I've posted it. Uh I'm behind that idealistic theological uh posit, so to speak. Um now what 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 my tension is is the movement like i i can't necessarily espouse or get behind the entity uh the organization oh again because there's such theological differences some of the things that they represent oh would just diametrically this you know be opposite of where i stand from a from a biblical platform now you and i have had some great conversations uh around that because i can still love you and care for you and yet not like live like you you know we me and my brother had that relationship and you had a, a lot of respect for my brother and my dynamic, um, you know, before he passed away, uh, and so m- my whole swagger is to always try to build a bridge and walk over to that side that's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So, like, Just because I don't agree with everything that the Black Lives Matter movement or entity uh, stands for doesn't mean that I won't mingle and, and connect with them and hear their heart uh, and have an open door and an open heart for them. And we can agree to disagree, yet at the same time accomplish something together. Um, so that, that said, that said, it, is there more though that the Black Lives Matter movement can do when it comes to being present during black on black crime issues. I think, cause that's been the greatest tension from people's like, well, where, y- where y'all at now? You know, y'all show up when the you know, when when there's law enforcement or, you know, but then you see the, the gun violence happening in the community and, and there's very little attention or marches or rallies given to that. Could 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 BLM, the entity do better uh, in that regard? Or maybe, maybe, see again, I'm just, I could be presumptuous here. I've not read through the entirety of what they stand. They might have something in there that says, "Hey, we we're just not going to deal with the gun violence thing. We're, this is what we're focused on." And if that's their thing, that's just their thing, and we got to respect that. So, based on your knowledge, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, I think it's the latter of what you. It's, I think it's the latter of what you said in the sense of um, Black Lives Matter is about police brutality um, and ending that, and they they have a focus on those things and racism and getting equality, equity, when it comes to to like the police um, situation. And so I get frustrated too with, with big organizations like that, the NAACP, the Black Lives Matter, the Dream Defenders, the, you know, any big name that is, you know, advocates on behalf of black people for whatever issue. But I also have to check myself in a sense and say, people created these entities for a specific reasons, And so they're doing what their mission is of their nonprofit or their organization is. And I think that the real issue or the real question that we as a community have to ask ourselves is where is our equivalent to black lives matter when it comes to gun violence? Oh, That's, where good. Is that's that? good. That's good. Where's that, where's that organization? Because for me, that's like somebody with me, you know, my blog Halo News, it, it focuses on urban millennials in South Florida. That's like somebody trying to make me be a food critic and write only about that. That's not what my mission is. Yeah, that's is. Star X's job. <laughs> that yeah, that's Star <laughs> X's job. Hope you're back,
0: Man. I love him. He'll, <laughs> he'll be on <laughs> soon. Hey, he and I, he and I connected. He's coming on too.
1: Yay, I love him. That's gonna be a good conversation for y'all. But you you but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like if that's mm-hmm. not the, the, the organization's mission, then we shouldn't force them to do that. Like I get you know why people are frustrated with them but honestly that's not their group now there is organizations that address that let's amplify their voice and amplify their platforms i think it's parents of murder victims tangela sears this organization is, is a uh, a group that does that locally and she goes to the state of florida and advocate for laws to to have stricter uh um Sentencing, or, or more protection for witnesses and families, and more resources for them. So that's a group that we need to amplify, and that needs to be something that has chapters in different cities and different states. That's what we need to do, versus trying to make some organization do something that that's not even what they're aimed on doing. They can support us. They can, you know, you know. Support you know, promote it on their platforms, but that's not what they, they were meant to do. And I think it's unfair to ask them to do that. And so I have to check myself sometimes on that too, because it's like, yeah, I see them getting all this funding and I'm like, what is their, you know, policy on getting legis- legislation changed or improving black businesses or economics? Cause that's a part of the problem. And I'm like, well, that's not what their their mission is. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And we also need those people who go in the street who protest, who are the, the people who shake, you know, things up. Um, we need that part of the, the the process and revolution, so to speak, for black liberation or minority liberation or oppressed liberation. Like we need those people who are willing to go in the street, and that's what Black Lives Matter and a lot of those organizations do. We just need the other end too. We need that balance, and that's up to us to support those groups and amplify amplify those groups that are doing that work.
0: That just brought a lot of clarity to a lot of people. Uh, that may have had those frustrations myself humbly myself included so uh thank you for for your insights Mm -hmm. in that all right last last question and i want you to share uh how our people could stay in contact with you support what you're doing um how can the church of all these issues that we just addressed how can the church uh be of some type of support how can the church be an aid. Has the church done enough? That's a loaded question. All right, let's let's streamline it. Has the church done enough? And what can we do better? There you go.
1: Um, I think historically the church, especially the Black church, has been the backbone of whatever movement for Black people. Like it's always been there. Um, and so I don't know. But for me, I'm just not connected to the church world anymore. I grew up in a church right, and right. for me, I would see a lot of things growing up. I would see politicians coming in. And I would hear my pastor speak about, you know, racial issues from the pulpit. And so I'm assuming that they still do that. Um, I go to church sometimes and I, the pastor that I follow pastor Austin with, uh, Jesus people, Victorious living up in, um, in Broward County. He does that as well. So I'm hoping that other pastors, I know you do it, Darren, Pastor Darren, um, And so that's what the tone is for most pastors. Then I'm like, yes, more of this. And what I do see when I see the clips online where I see, you know, white pastors talking about racism and, and, you know, uh, understanding their white privilege and, and, you know, denouncing that and talking about it from a biblical perspective. I like that. And I feel like that could be the, the church's role, taking on that morality of, what, um, equality and equity look like in, um, denouncing racism. Like, you can speak of, of that point more from the pulpit because those people are, are listening to you and you have a captive audience and they look to you as their moral compass or moral guide. Um, and I feel like the pastors have so much power of influence when it comes to that type of conversation. I feel like, you know, somewhere between like the the 60s and today, the ball was dropped a little bit with some people with the prosperity preaching and it was so, you know, materialistic. And um, I feel like now with pastors like you, um, Pastor Darren, and so many people have more of a realistic view on the world and society and, and speaking more about like your spirit and your heart more, I think that we could probably see, more people who have an interest in spirituality um, and God or religion coming back to church um, because we have more leaders like that who, who aren't just you know talking about cars and houses and money all the time. Like we want spiritual guidance, we want to know what that's like, and I feel like that's a big part of that conversation with racism and and um, discrimination. And I feel like that could be the role of the pastor. What you know, you've given us biblical references on why that is wrong and how we could change that 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 behavior
0: so in other words (laughs) silence has to cease and we need to pick the mic up not just speak about it but be about it
1: yeah definitely
0: i love it that's so good and I, i appreciate the love you just shared for me as well uh we're doing the best we can sis, trying to get out there we we just got done with the uh prayer in action rally um with the and campaign um, and that's a huge, huge organization that we're partnering with. Uh, just launched the South Florida chapter. Uh, so we're, we're going to continue to do the best we can. Uh, Miami Voice is also part of that, raising the the voice of truth, of all, raw, unfilled the truth in the community for the sake of greater unity. Um, and so we out here. We're going to do what we can. So yes. tell tell the listeners as we close out where they can find you, how they can follow you, what they can do to support you. Just give a little quick, a little summary of that, and then uh, we'll let you go.
1: Thank you so much again, Pastor Darren, for having me. Oh, thank you, sis. And, you know, just valuing my my voice and and what I can bring to the conversation. Guys, if you, you know, love what you're hearing, you can definitely follow me. Um, My blog is News. That's H-Y-L-O-N-E-W-S. My website is com. You can uh, follow, follow me on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm on all the places on all the things. And my personal page, if you like my personal view, I get a little crazy there. I'm not PC. But if you like it, <laughs> come join me. Um, my, my personal page is JanaePate, J-A-N-E-Y-T-A-T-E. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter all the time, talking crap and talking mess about social issues and pop culture. So... Yeah, y'all can rock
0: with me if you like it. <laughs> she's she's very entertaining. You'll enjoy it, trust me. You want to follow my little sister, you you definitely do. Well, sis, thank you so much for your Miami voice. And uh we love you. You know I love you, we appreciate you. You guys make sure y'all follow her and everything she's doing. Um, you just you just schooled us, you educated us, so man, we appreciate you. God bless. Thank you,
1: thank you, Miami voice, thank
0: you, Pastor Darren. All right.